I'm C.J. Layton, coming to you from inside the Phantom Radio Studios in Lake Wales, Florida, home of the premier radio bowling talk show. Long ago, Bowlers Journal International called Phantom Radio a pioneer in the field of bowling podcasts because the show was regularly scheduled at the same time each week. The late Kegel owner, the great John Davis, told Len Nicholson to start this program because, quote, people need to know what you know, end quote. This PBA and Bowling Writer Hall of Famer has now recorded over 1,200 shows and has featured over 425 guests since 2002, 20 years plus of bowling knowledge, story sharing, and true expertise. Phantom, we need to know what you know. So Phantom fans, here's your host, Len Nicholson, The Phantom. Well, thank you, CJ, and a reminder that Phantom Radio is presented by the Kegel Company, the number one lane maintenance company in the world for all of your lane maintenance needs, including 24-hour technical support. You can always rely on the Kegel Company, so go to kegel.net. Well, Phantom fans, welcome back to week number two with Hall of Famer Lisa Wagner. And last week, we talked about how her parents started her out bowling at age five, and then she started league bowling at the incredible age of six. (laughs) She was very (laughs) athletic, and she played all sports in high school, but her parents bowled all the time, and she also fell in love with the sport. As she got older and better, she told us about PBA pro Tommy Evans working with her and he helped her to build a more solid physical game. Okay. Welcome back, my dear. How you doing? Doing well. Are you ready? Yes, absolutely. It's good to be back. Okay. Great hearing your voice again. Had a lot of comments about show number two, and we're going to finish up with show number two now. So you, you mentioned that Tommy Evans helped you with your physical game. And obviously, become great, you also have to have a good mental game. So who helped you with your mental game? Well, I'll tell you. um, I would say John Jowdy, um, the uh, Columbia representative that, uh, you know, he used to follow the tour all the time. Um, Many people around the country will have, you know, would have known John Jowdy. He was um, very strong, uh, you know, as far as – you know, kind of believing in what you're doing, you know, uh, make a choice of how you're going to play them and make good shots, you know? So he, you know, he pretty much got into me, um, the, the thoughts and everything like, um, you know, you got to own it. What you pick, you got to own it. Yeah. He was one heck of a good coach. He had a lot of good guys that, uh, he tutored and, uh, he, Obviously, he did a good job with you. Uh, I'm sure you learned a lot on your own, too. But here's a question that I got from one of our listeners. She wants to know who you hung out with 
And who were some of your best friends out there on the tour? Uh, well, um, I started out uh, pretty young. I mean, um, I was, I had, uh, one went out full time and I was like 19 years old and I roomed with, uh, Mary Ellen Majors and Shirley Hintz and now Mary Ellen Hanley, uh, married Bob Hanley and Shirley Hintz. And I roomed with them and they kind of watched over me uh, you know, a good bit because I was young. I had never been on a plane until I went to my second pro tournament. You know, so it was, you know, all new to me and they were awesome. And then when they, um, you know, decided to stop touring and everything, uh, I, I roomed a long time with Alita Sill. Um, she was Alita with Specky then before she married, uh, she got married. Um, so I did room a very long time um, with Alita with Specky. And which everybody knows, you know, like we were like back and forth all the time with titles. You know, it was like, she'd win one, I'd win one. She'd win one, I'd win one. We were always like one apart. And we got asked all the time, you know, doesn't that bother you guys rooming together? And we would just go, no. (laughs) (laughs) So we, um, I I, I roomed uh, a long time uh, with Alita. And then she, you know, kind of, she went, uh, you know, started rooming with other people and everything. And, um, I, you know, I had several roommates, but I, I chose, um, for much of the latter part of my career, I stayed by myself, you know, that way I was, I could kind of be with, with around people when I wanted to be, but I could have my private time too. Yeah. That's a good idea. If if you can (laughs) afford to do that, that's way to go. But you know, that's kind of ironic that you and her roomed together for all that time. And uh, as it's turned out, uh, you were number one in titles and she's number two. So it must <laughs> it must have rubbed off. You guys must have had a good magnetic thing about both of you. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, we, we had some good times. I mean, it was, you know, we had a group of us, uh, uh, Pam from Florida, Cheryl Daniels. Uh, a lot of us all hung out together. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Here's a question. I know you're humble, but I know that uh, match play. Uh, I used to ask my buddy Billy Hardwick, you know, who did you own out there? He says, if I saw I was going to bowl John Handigard, I knew I was going to win. And and I asked Handigard the same thing. He said, yeah, I can never beat Billy. So I'm going to ask you that same question. Who did you own out there all those years? Um, hmm. I tell you, you know, it went up and down a lot. Um, but I have to say, um, I don't know, I don't even know the record what it would have been, but it seemed like whenever I bowled Tammy Turner, um, that I usually, usually I would kind of come out on top, <laughs> not Nash, <laughs> but okay. um, you know, not every time, but yeah, Tammy Turner, yeah. All right, that's good. So I know you don't remember all the victories, but I'm sure you remember the losses. Uh, was there anybody that owned you? Cindy Coburn Carroll. <laughs> Boy, see how quick, how Cindy quick that Coburn was? Did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was, uh, that was one I, I, I did not, uh, I was well on the losing end of those victories. <laughs> <laughs> well, that happens from time to time. You know, the same thing happens with the men. So that's nothing unusual. All right. 
Here's a question that somebody sent me. They wanted to know uh, what you miss the most, the camaraderie or the competition? Oh, 100% competition. <laughs> you are yeah. a real fighter, that's for sure. That's an easy one. I, it's hard for me these days, too, you know, when I go bowl tournaments uh, that if, you know, because obviously I am not as sharp as I used to be. And um, I have to look at it a completely different way than I used to. Uh, but, yeah, competition. I love I loved the competition. So when I don't do as well these days, it gets kind of hard. But then I, I look at it like, well, you know what? You don't put the work in. You don't get the result. So, well, I'll tell you that that's way. that's exactly true. And I've been doing this for over twenty years, and I've inter interviewed the greatest of the great, and all the greats. They only thought about winning. They didn't think about bowing in the tournament or who they were crossing with. Uh, <laughs> they had a a design on first place, and if he didn't finish first, it was uh, like a failure. But uh, I'm sure. <laughs> You had a, a a way about you where you never looked like you were mad out there, and and that's really an asset. Did you uh, were you able to control yourself ninety nine percent of the time? Well, most of the time, yeah, I did have my moments, and uh, over years, yeah, I I had a couple of episodes where you know I did not deal well with things, you know, like everybody does, and sure. um, yeah, just kind of. You really just got to put it behind you, start over, you know, regroup. Um, thought processes come into sports a lot uh, because if you start a negative thought process, it builds and builds and builds, and you have to turn it around. Yeah. Great answer, that's for sure. Okay, last week uh, in your intro, I mentioned that you were the first woman to win $100,000 in one year. And that was unbelievable because the ladies' prize funds were not that great, right? They were not. <laughs> no. Well, what, what was your biggest prize winning uh, in, in an event? Do you remember? 52000 <laughs> Yeah, I remember. <laughs> that was the U.S. Open. Um, it was uh, Seagram's Cooler U.S. Open. In 1988, I believe it was 88, and um, that was a $40,000 check. And then, um, you know, with uh, sponsors and things like that, they add money in, you know, if, especially, you know, if you win and everything. And yep. it came out to 52. Unbelievable. So, mm -hmm. you know, YouTube, for a lot of people that uh, are young and don't remember the back in the old days and never really saw you bowl. There's a lot of things on Facebook that you can look up on YouTube. And uh, <clears throat> I saw one yesterday or the day before. Um, it was a special event. It was you and Mark Roth and Marshall Holman and some guy named Earl Anthony. You guys were out there, man. It was awesome. But something happened. I got interrupted. I never saw the end of it. Do you remember what happened at the end of that tournament? <laughs> yes, I do. Marshall won almost everything. <laughs> okay. Well, was, yes. was, that's what I wanted to ask you was, was that the only special event you bowled in with those top guys? Uh, no, we had three years of that. Uh, the okay. second year, 
uh, we bowled. Uh, they, they did qualifying around the country. Uh, they had Earl Anthony do the color commentating, and uh, Mark Marshall and myself bowled. And there was just a this little little known name the second year named Chris Barnes <laughs> that <laughs> won the competition and and bowled with us the second year. And you know, as we know, you know, look what Chris has done in his career. Absolutely amazing. And the third year. Uh, they did another qualifying uh, am- for you know amateurs, and he bowled with us also. Uh, but and then that was uh, after that they didn't continue the that uh, event. Yeah, that's a shame because that was pretty cool. I remember back in the day uh, watching all those events. Um, I, was were they all from the showboat? Do you remember? Uh, no, the 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 first two uh, the first one was actually from Muskegon, Michigan. Okay. Um, Yes, and where Brunswick is uh, headquartered. And the second year was, I believe, oh, I can't remember, um, maybe this, I'm not sure, maybe Showboat. And then um, we went back east for the third. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I, I loved it back in the day. All right, here's a question from a lis- uh, listener, and her name is Judy Nelson. And she says, I admired your game. And I tried to bowl like you, and I'm still trying. But would you recommend four steps or five steps? Because I've always been confused. So please help me. Thanks, Judy. Well, I'll tell you, I used to be four. I started out as four steps. And I had what happened to me, I had that little thing where I kind of got stuck a little bit, and I couldn't like be comfortable with pushing out and stepping at the same time. I, you know, I just was not, it started to not feel right. So I added that fifth step. And I think most people these days, many people these days would say that the five step uh, is, is a good advantage because that first step kind of gets you moving and it's, it's easier to control the push away into that step, you know, your, which would be your second step. It's much easier to control the push away that way and timing. Yeah. You know, I've asked that question to many, many superstars and they've gone back and forth just like you four to five. And it's kind of like a timing step. It helps you get going just like you said. And uh, if you find yourself a little bit out of time, sometimes it's really cool to, to go back to five steps and four steps, whatever, whatever it takes, but yeah, uh, mm-hmm. nothing is uh, blasted in stone when it comes to bowling <laughs> like that. That's you know, perfect. I got these questions uh, from people because we announced who's going to be on and in a couple of weeks and we're going to have another all-time great Carmen Salvino. He's going to be on the show. So anybody that wants to send in a couple of questions that I can ask Carmen, he'd be glad to answer them. Uh, he's up to 90 years old and he's still going <laughs> strong and uh, I just talked to him uh, yesterday. He sounds great, and he's looking forward to doing this. And I says, you want me to send you the questions? He goes, oh, no. He says, I can answer any question at any time. <laughs> he, he's a character. <laughs> did, did you ever get to know Carmen? I did, absolutely. Yeah, he is a character. You were right. He's a, he's a, he is something. I mean, you just, you know, it's like uh, he's a person that when he starts talking, everybody listens. <laughs> yeah. 
You know, Jim Dressel told me one time, he says, if you ever want to interview Carmen, he says, just say hello and turn the recorder on and get out of the way. <laughs> so true. <laughs> He'll conduct the whole, the whole thing himself. And so I mentioned that to him and I says, uh, Carmen, I got one question I want to know. Who was the toughest you ever faced? And he said, me. <laughs> oh, good answer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a character. Uh, I wish him the best of health forever and ever. He's just a joy. And he's a, a sure is a legend. Uh, just like you are, sweetheart. You really are. Mm -hmm. You can't believe how many emails I get from people. Oh, thanks for having her on. She sounds so sweet. She looked always so bright and cheerful when she was bowling. And, and four or five of the ladies said they tried to copy your style, but they never had your success. <laughs> I says, well, it's hard to succeed uh, like, a, like a Willie Mays in baseball. People can look like him, run like him, swing like him. But to have to produce all the results, it's it's pretty tough uh, for a superstar well, to, to imitate. Well, I, I appreciate all that so very much. I mean, that's very kind. That you know, it's all a it's a long process. You know, you have to um, you got to work the physical game in with the mental game, and and you know, it takes a long time. You know, like I've said before, I had to learn how to lose before I learned how to win, and. Um, you know, physical game and things like that. It's all about repetition. And if you can't repeat shots, then, you know, you're, you're going to struggle. Well, that's great advice. You know, uh, same thing holds true with uh, the knowledge that you have to have. Not only do you have to have a good physical game and a good mental game, but you got to know equipment. You got to know lane conditions. You got to know how to uh, control yourself through thick and thin, good news and bad news and, and whatnot. But like you said, it's a process and nobody can just turn on a faucet and have it happen. But I'm looking at the old clock in the wall, my dear. I could talk to you forever, but <laughs> we're so honored to have you on these past two weeks. And we always have great guests on here for years. And actually the two two most popular year uh, shows are always Christmas and New Year's. That's why we've scheduled you to be on for these two weeks because people are off work a lot of times, they're on vacation, and we always get the most listeners these two weeks. So we're honored to have you on. And I want to ask you one last question. Uh, do you have any kind of a closing statement you want to say to bowlers or our nation or anybody? It's all yours. Oh, well, I so appreciate you having me on. It's, um, quite an honor and uh, absolutely wish everybody a, you know, a very, very happy holiday season. And uh, especially in the weather that's around, <laughs> you know, uh, everybody be safe and, you know, growing up and bowling like I did, you know, from very young coming up through the junior leagues and um going, you know, starting professional um, very early also, it, it was a great honor to do all of it. Um, I, had, I had just such memorable times uh, getting to know all of the, the ladies and men of the tour and, you know, going back to all the cities every year, you know, got so acquainted with many of the owners and, you know, the employees of the center, they were so helpful and 
it, you know, it, it just made going out and bowling fun, you know, as, um, and if you can, yeah, if you can never have a, have a job basically that you're doing and it's fun, uh, all the better, you know, so it bowling, you know, bowling for a living can be very, very tough, especially when, you know, some of your prize funds, your top prizes, you know, eight, ten thousand dollars like they were way back then. And then, you know, you get, you don't win, then it's, you know, pretty sparse down the line. Um, but they made it all fun. Everybody was, it's just, you know, quite an experience and uh, I will never, ever, ever forget it. And, you know, to people that are coming up uh, bowling and learning and everything, the best thing that you can always do is find a good coach. You know, sure. Somebody that knows equipment. Yeah, find a good coach. Somebody that's going to teach basics of bowling because the basics never go away. And uh, somebody that has some, you know, can help you transitioning in lane conditions and, and equipment and things like that. That's the best thing anybody could ever do. Well, that's for but, sure. Well, yeah. you've certainly been an asset to the sport. And Phantom fans, the old clock on the wall says we are out of time. And we look forward to talking to all of you again next week. We'll have yet another great guest to talk to. And I want to thank our sponsor, Storm Bowling and Brad Edelman from the High Roller, and also Dave Kowalski, the bowling guru from Michigan. And uh, if you need if you need my address to send me any notes, it's saveoursport at yahoo.com. That's S-A-V-R-S-P-R-T at yahoo.com. And also Dave is a member just inducted into the coaches Bowling Hall of Fame up in Michigan. He's going to be helping me start a junior bowlers club. So, for Phantom Radio, this is a Phantom. When you're down and troubled and you need some love and care and nothing, well, nothing is going right. Close your eyes and think of me, and soon I...